They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing te technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, welcome back to Inside the Mind of D. Scott, episode 33. Hard to believe that I have come up with 33 episodes of this <laughs> with uh, with hopefully a lot more to go. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, like it, share it, subscribe to it uh, wherever you get your podcast. You know, obviously you know that because you're listening to it wherever you get your podcast. Um, past couple ones I have done just on my own. Um, I think the last guest I had was Katie Manning. And it's kind of ironic that this next guest that I have on is also one of my co-hosts with uh, Psychic on the Scene, the other podcast that I'm involved in. Michelle Lyons Polito, how are you? Good. How are you this morning? I'm doing. I'm doing good. Do you go by all three, or do, are you Michelle Polito? Are you Michelle uh, Lyons? Are you well, see, I was uh, <laughs> just to give you a quick rundown of my life. I um, when I was married the first time. I never changed my last name. So I went by Michelle Lyons for 40 years. Okay. Um, but then when I met my husband, I did change my name because at that point I'm thinking we can't have four different names in the house. So, <laughs> and you know, because my son's names, um, they have the last name of their dad, but then my oldest son changed his last name to my maiden name. So he dropped his last name. It's just very confusing. So just to kind of have as few names on the mailbox as possible. And because it was important to my husband, I, I did change my name to Polito. So I guess, long story short, my legal name is Michelle Lyons Polito. Um, professionally, like all my business cards still say Michelle Lyons because that's who I was for the majority of my life. <laughs> so gotcha. I will answer to anything. Yeah, I think like Katie was, Katie, I don't think Katie explained it to me on the podcast, but she did explain it because she's known like professionally she's always been known as katie manning hilton right and i think she got rid of the hilton she did but, but for you know recognition purposes people know her more as katie manning hilton instead yes. of just katie manning yeah so, exactly but she'll she'll respond to either as well <laughs> she responds to a lot of different things i've found yeah. out <laughs> we're not going to call her any names here she's not here to defend herself so no. we're not <laughs> she's going to listen so. to this and laugh because she knows what we're talking about <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure um now it we met each other through Psychic on the Scene podcast, uh, through Katie, actually. Yes. Well, the, she first, approached, yeah, the first time I met you, though, was with uh, 518 Paranormal. That's right. You came in and did an episode when we were still doing it with the Northeast, Northeast Paranormal, Paranormal Society, Society. When, yes. that still, when that existed, before certain people just fell off the planet. Yes, yes. Went away. <laughs> um, I, I, do, I do remember that, and I remember sitting there because there was one specific um, case that you were talking about that you had a feeling on that I don't I don't want to delve into too much, but I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's it's been weird for me because I've been I've known about psychics for quite some time. My mother, and my aunt were heavy into psychics. My mother and aunt also had a friend named Tina Edwards who was a psychic, and uh, she used to come over do readings. My they they taught me very little about crystals and stuff like that. Um, it was brought to their attention that I had some sort of gift that I never developed. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and then we picked right up on that, Katie and I. Which so, was in, 
but I had never been involved or around any kind of like, like for the readings, I never got a reading. I never really knew what they were. Then Mm -hmm. I started hanging out with you and Katie and we start doing the podcast and we start doing, you know, the uh, ghost wrangler series that we did. And (laughs) that's right. Yeah. It popped. We're for those listening, we're recording this on the 19th and in our Facebook memories, it, the Jeep popped up. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that was so much fun. And now Nick doesn't even work for that auto group anymore. And I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, okay. no, he's, he's moved on. Um, okay. So, but you guys were the first two that I've been around where I've been involved in the work that you do. And gotcha. it's, it's quite interesting. Um, Never it, a dull it, moment. <laughs> No, well, there can't be. I mean, you guys, I think I mentioned it to Katie, you guys definitely live a different reality than I do. Yes. You know, like when you walk into a room and there's people that are there that nobody else can see type thing. (laughs) Right. So, you know, there's just extra people that are (laughs) having to be there. We're always, it's a party wherever we go, basically. Which is, which is not a bad thing. Listen, I like being social. So, hey. Now, how did you figure out that you had this gift? Well, it started, my first memory in this lifetime, and, you know, I'll, I'll preface that by saying I believe in past lives. And if you listen to our, our last podcast, you heard uh, an excerpt from one of my lives, which was pretty cool. But my first memory in this lifetime was of laying in my crib. And I think I moved into, you know, a regular bed, toddler bed, maybe around two or three. So I was, you know, a toddler, a little girl. And I remember two women standing over my crib and feeling immense love from them. And it was, you know, one was taller than the other. And they both, you know, I, I knew them. I knew that I had known them before. And But then my bedroom door opened and my mother in this lifetime and my aunt, Teresa, walked in and actually walked through these two women. and leaned over the bed so those two women that was my grandmother my great-grandmother standing over me and I remember thinking well that's weird Mm -hmm. but I mean I I was just acquiring language I didn't know how to share it but that was kind of my norm and then as time went on I um would had a hard time sleeping as a kid I think a lot of people who have uh sensitivities to, to spirit can't sleep because when it gets quiet in the world the spirit's are more easily heard. And uh, I'd often wake up at, you know, the magic hour, three o'clock in the morning, and there'd be a figure at the foot of my bed. Oh. So my poor sister, I'd climb into bed with her all the time. She had no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) Climbing in. Um, She has abilities too, but I, I, you know, I don't know to what extent she utilizes them, but I always wanted to, if my father's working nights, I'd climb into bed with my mom. I always had a cat or dog sleeping with me, but I'd see these energies and they were ghosts. And the way I can tell that they're a ghost is because a ghost wears their death. They look like they did when they passed. In all the scary movies out there, which I don't like scary movies, they scare me. (laughs) I can go into a haunted (laughs) house, it's full of demons, at midnight this is not scary, a scary movie will. But that's, most of them are not true or very uh, misrepresentative of of what we do and how we experience things. But um, a ghost wears its death not to scare us, but as a way to communicate who they are, what happened to them, because a ghost is an earthbound spirit. It has not moved on, hasn't gone to heaven, fifth dimension, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, because you do go through that passage to the other side, and then you're a spirit person, which is our true essence. We get so attached to these bodies, we think this is our true identity. Right. But our true identity is the spirit, which um, it's neither, you know, it's, it's, 
lives on forever. It's kind of like uh, quantum physics. Now, energies can't be destroyed or created. It always has been. So in that sense, you know, we are eternal. And I find a huge relief in that. But back to the ghosts, that's, I didn't know what to do with them. You know, I talked to my parents. <laughs> They're like supportive, but didn't know what to, what to do. I, I'm Catholic. I was brought up Catholic. And I asked my, the nun, that did not go well. <laughs> Let's just say that. But then over time, you know, books came out. Um, um, Shirley MacLaine wrote a couple books. And so I started to not feel quite so weird. Growing up, I felt like the weird girl, the odd girl. Mm -hmm. um, always got in, well, not in big trouble in, in class for daydreaming. I wasn't daydreaming. I was getting messages. I was hearing the other people around, you know, because if a person walks into a room, they could have their spirit people. They could have ghosts attached. I hear a lot more going. I hear a lot of talk. Okay. Other than what other people hear. And so at night now, I need to sleep with um, a fan on, an air conditioner, or some kind of white noise machine to block out the chatter. Gotcha. So, but I guess a cool story talking about how I knew when my mother and father brought me to, on the day I was baptized, they brought me to see my great great aunt Kitty. And she um, held me in her arms and looked at me. And I was wearing her niece's, so my grandmother's, uh, uh, christening gown i'd never met my grandmother and she said this child will be able to see into the future oh so and she apparently was psychic my grandmother that whole long line and when she passed i somehow ended up with her fortune telling cards oh nice which were printed like in 1899 so that's pretty cool yeah so to this day and she's buried in albany rural cemetery i tend like the family oh. graves i've turned you into a cemetery rat too oh yeah she's up um i think it's section 109 up by uh that oh gosh i'll send it to you i'll send you the the lot and you can go up because i recently my mother and i had a picture of everyone buried there made and put on a tile oh okay make in italy and stuck it on the, the headstone so you can see who's there uh the reason i ask is because because of everything that's been going on with quarantine and you know just really not much to do and you know, my daughter and I have gotten, well, I have gotten tired of just walking around the mall. Yes. Um, she doesn't. She's a teenager now and a girl. Oh, so her. she's like, she's <laughs> like, I want to go to the mall. I'm like, oh, the mall sucks. Um, oh, I know. And, and, and you know what? I don't think it's necessarily that I think the mall sucks. It's that I'm going to get sucked into spending money that I don't have. Yes. Hey, I've got a 13-year-old as well. And that's, that's their specialty is spending as much money as possible on any given day. She's oh the least of my problems. I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. oh, my God. That's hilarious. It's my son. I swear to God, the kid. Oh, my God. He's like the new Billy Mays. I have to watch him. <laughs> Explain to me why he really needs this and how this will change everyone's life and make it better. I'm like, oh, my God, D.B., calm down. So like, you're well, the... No, no, I'm, listen, we'll go in and Maddie will be like wicked cool about stuff. She'll be like, oh no, we'll just go and walk around and look, daddy. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden I'm in Foot Locker buying new sneakers. And she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know. You brought me here. So, we must need to buy something. We're here. It has to I happen. clearly, clearly need these new Jordans. Uh, what's the problem? I don't get it. And then, I, you know, then I got to try and pay my bills. And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have bought those $200 sneakers. Oh, well. And, then, and he's back um, returning them. <laughs> but no, so what we do now is we will go for rides. And, you know, aside from the mileage I'm putting on my vehicle and, and having a <laughs> gas, which really isn't bad because I don't travel that much anymore because I'm working from home. Right. Um, we'll go to Albany Rural. And she, the first time we went there, I, I started bringing her there just because she had told me stories about stuff going on in her house, at her mother's house. Right. 
So I'm like, okay. And she's getting some feelings here and there. She hasn't seen anything yet, but she's just had certain feelings. She's had the cold chills come out of nowhere yeah. and then just go away. That's um, telltale. <laughs> you know, TVs, yeah. like she'll, she'll go to the bathroom. She's watching YouTube in her room on her TV mm-hmm. and goes to the bathroom and comes back and a different video is playing, even though there was mm-hmm. like, you know, there was like still 12 minutes left in the other video. Um, other things have happened. So I'm like, all right, well, A, I want her eventually to meet you and Katie just because yeah. like she's interested in that. And I think I would love to get your feelings of her after meeting her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, but, I think so we go to the cemetery. I've, I've taken her to rural, Albany Rural a handful of times we go there. Um, and I took her to Oakwood as well. That's another wonderful one. I love it there. And that one was for, I wanted to show her like Uncle Sam's grave site and stuff like that, uh, which is pretty cool. But on top of that, you know, it's hard to compete with Albany Rural locally because there's a president buried there. Yeah, it's pretty, you know? yeah, pretty hard to beat that. Like Uncle Sam is pretty neat, but that's a president. Like, Jeff you know, Ray Arthur. And his yeah. birthday is Monday. Is it really? Yeah, I only know because I usually bagpipe for his birthday, but I, I don't think they're doing the, the gotcha. usual big celebration because of COVID. Oh, it is section 104, lot 38. Okay. My, my aunt, and the, the stone says Ernst. Ernst, okay, we'll have to keep an eye out for that because we yeah. go there, I mean, like I said, like it, we'll probably go there tomorrow just because she's coming over in the afternoon, we'll be looking for something to do. Yeah, and I'll it, send you I, a little map. I'll send oh, you a map because I'm excellent. such a nerd and I have it saved on my phone. We end up just driving around, and next thing I know, I'm like, I don't even know how to get back to where we need to be. Like, we're just... <laughs> Head for the Page Road in that cemetery. Have Have you been? I know we're digressing, but um, the Van Rensselaer Vault. It, it's a underground. It's a, it's a subterranean burial vault, and really? um, I know a lot of people uh, love to play Hamilton. I enjoyed it a lot when it came yep. on Disney. Um, now the youngest sister Peggy is buried there as well. Really, and the like the, the original vault where uh, the Schuyler uh, family was buried, they were buried mm-hmm. in the Van Rensselaer vault. That was broken into, stuff was stolen um, by, an, by a mob that, by, by a, a gang in, in Albany. I can't remember the years in the 1800s, but they stole all the silver off the, all the Schuylers and whatnot. So they finally said that's enough. And it was down by like where uh, like Huck Finn's is. Okay. Because Patroon Creek still runs there. Yep. And that's where the vault was. They moved all the bodies. And they are in Albany Rural Cemetery. Um, I'll put an X on the map. That's not far from the south gate where you come in mm-hmm. from, like, the Menans area. Yep. And there's that reflection pool. They're right there. And uh, they've actually backfilled the entrance so you can't get there anymore. But there are so many famous people in that subterranean burial vault, including Peggy Schuyler Van Rensselaer. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So I'll send I you did that. get a... Uh... I got a message one day on Facebook from Morgan, who I work with, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, was, I remember. when she was, when we were in the office, I kept trying to get her to come in because she is, uh, she's an empath, like big time. You got to work, we have to work with her. And, uh, well, she sent me a picture. They went to Albany Rural. I think they were walking around and she found, um, like some, like they were down, they were down by like the creek that runs through there or one of the creeks that run through right, there. Right. There's the different ones that. And there was, she found like a, like a, what is it, a mausoleum or whatever it is down in there. She's like, have you ever seen this? And I'm like, when did I become the foremost expert on (laughs) Albany Rural? 
And no, I had no idea that was that that was a thing. She's like, yeah, we just happened to stumble upon it. That's that's the one thing I can't get Maddie to do is get out of the car and walk around though. Oh, really? Yeah, she'll stay in the car, but she will not get out. She likes she, driving around it. She, I'm like, let's get out and walk. And she's like, no. Is she freaked out by it? I don't know what it is that makes her, I think there's the, just a little apprehension of being exposed, I guess, just like walking around. I'm like, it's, they're, Maddie, they're go if, if there's anything around, their spirits or ghosts, the car doesn't really make a bit of difference to those people. <laughs> right. Like, to yeah. them, you know? <laughs> I, I tell you, and, you know, except for uh, when I'm waiting in the cemetery to play a funeral, I mean, I'm not scared unless there's weird people who are in bodies, you know? In <laughs> body person, you know it's like, oh my God, who are those weird people? I'm in the corner of the cemetery. But yeah, I cemeteries are the, one of the most relaxing places for me, which is weird. But you know, the reason um, why there's those big mausoleums down by those uh, waterways is the original plan and you can look, it's Albany Rural Cemetery on Facebook. Their page has a lot of the like explanation of the way it was set up. The main roads were down in those ravines. So all the rich, wealthy people bought those plots and built their mausoleums into the hills. But as time went on and things kind of, you know, collapsed road-wise, now the roads are up above it. So all yep. these people that had the prime property and paid tons of money, no one visits them anymore. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a bit of an irony. And us poppers up top are the people who get the company. She's uh she's noticed that too, where like we'll be driving around, you know, just going through and she's like, look down on the hill, like she'll see them down on like like the side of the creek on the side of the hill, stuff like that. And she's like, Why were they buried there? And I was just kind of like, uh, they didn't realize what was gonna happen. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, those are actually more of the the wealthy people than that is, you know, th those aren't the poor people that got just stuck in the side of a hill. Yep. Common, like, folk, uh, common folk up on top here. Well, yep. you know, once COVID's over, um, Albany Rural Cemetery has incredible uh, tours, and so does uh, Oakwood. And you have ghosts, they, they do a historical tour. I think they've had some ghost tours, but they actually have actors that play the part of famous people so you can walk through and talk to. Oh. Uh, and they, they play the part of who they did, um, who they played. Um, and they also do a tour of like, what we were just talking about, the early roads, and you have to, you know, be able to, you know, do a little hiking, climb over some things, and wear some waterproof boots, but that's something that maybe you can get her to do, and you have a guided tour, and right. it's awesome, so that's something to look forward to when this craziness is over as well. I, uh, I had to explain to her when we were at Oakwood, because when I was in high school, um, we took, I took a class called Death and Lit, Death and Literature, so we read, yeah. like, Macbeth, and it was, it was basically, based on it was basically based on <laughs> death the death in literature like death in books and stuff like that so macbeth and and this other stuff and we ended up doing a field trip to oakwood oh cool and uh me and a couple of my friends now at the time i was working for pizza hut uh i knew where a bunch of them were in the area and i knew that mm -hmm. there was a pizza hut right there Yes. Was, you know, like we're up on that hill, but you yep, go down that hill yeah. <laughs> right through the park, um, which is Knickerbacker Park or Knickerbacker mm -hmm. Field. You go through there, there's a pizza hut right there. And it yes. was lunchtime. So they were doing the lunch buffet. So we went down the hill through the field and went to Pizza Hut. And I was, I explained to my kid what I was, what we did. And she looks at the hill and she's like, you ran down and up and up that hill. I was like, yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> That's what kids did in the 70s and 80s and 90s. It was a big 
hill. I like looking at it now. I'm like, I cannot, I'm, I can't believe that we did that. I mean, it was 94 when we did it. And it was like, I was like, why, what were we thinking just to get a couple slices of pizza? <laughs> hey, pizza is, you know, extremely important to that age group. <laughs> we were hungry. I mean, that's really what it boiled down to. We were bored at this field trip, which at the time I didn't realize what we were doing. Now I'd be like, hell no, I'm not going. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> hey who taught it i know that we went to the same high school so um Do you my my teacher was uh death and lit teacher was miss oh god i can't think of her name she's miss penn now she's the principal at um Forest oh, Park. okay i know who you mean i can't think of what her name was then yeah because that's after i graduated 1984 so i'm an old fart <laughs> <laughs> i would have loved that i took this a shaker history class and we went to uh, hancock shaker village which is a really cool field trip because mm -hmm. the guide said that no one likes to be in the shops the shaker shops mm -hmm. uh, after sunset because the machinery is run by ghosts and everyone evacuates the area so there's okay. another trip that we can take when we finally we have, get on the road again we have quite a bit of places that we need to visit um we do we just and I think at this point, too, it's just a matter of us, you know, kind of linking up our schedules to be able to go do something because we should be able to do it. Um, there isn't, it's not like we're going in with a major group of people. Right. And we can stay apart. We'll wear masks. We'll do whatever. We can stay mm. six feet apart if we need to or whatever. Um, Let's and, do it. and or not. I mean, we, we may not have to if we all come together and we know, you know, we're all together. So if we just, if we have permission to do so do what we can do i think uh homestead saratoga homestead is going to start doing stuff relatively soon oh uh that's steve broat from south glens falls yes yeah. so he's he's maintaining the property up there oh is so, he really oh good yeah. so we, we can get in there so he's they haven't started doing any kind of investigation stuff up there yet okay. uh they're doing some photo tours uh, i think they're still in the process of really like he he's done a lot of renovation not renovation cleanup actually it's not like mm -hmm. They're not renovating the property. They're making it safe for people to go in because they don't, you know, he doesn't want to mess with the integrity of the building. Yeah. Especially doing good. what he does. Like he does, he's like, no, we, we yeah. just want to make it safe and get all the crap and the dirt off the floors. Um, <clears throat> that the homestead is actually going to be featured on the 24th, I think it is, uh, of September on a show, on a paranormal show, I believe. You know which it is? I can look it up on the Google machine. Yeah, send me, let me know later or or right now if that works for you. Um, because there's a couple like the guys who originally did Ghost Hunters, which um, quite honestly opened cracked open this whole world. When Ghost Hunters came on um, the travel was it no the History Channel maybe travel whatever channel it was, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, oh my god, this is this is happening. Someone is you know been brave enough to step forward and speak out for what so many people experience. Because I think more people believe than don't believe. Whether I think you're right. Ghosts, past lives, the life after death, it's all intertwined. And the beautiful thing about this is the more that I learn, the more I learn that I need to learn, which uh, is perfect because I never like to be bored. The show is, I'm sorry, it's not September 24th, it's October 24th, and it's Destination Fear. It's the okay. premiere episode of the show. I know that. Yeah, I know that show. That's a good one. So, October 24th. I'm writing that down. October 24th. I think that's the travel channel. I'm Could gonna, be. I uh, I have no idea. Destination. Yeah, they have a lot of the, the ghost shows on. Just be mindful that um, you can have energies come through electrical devices. 
That's why I avoid watching those shows at night. That's not the real reason. <laughs> See, I've got to sit there with my <laughs> pendulum. I can watch that, but then I, I need to clear them. And that's, you know, I do a lot of clearing work, as, as you know. You've experienced clearing, me clearing you when you've gotten, um, had the ill effect of spirit energy attach itself to you. Yeah. Uh, well, now that and, and you brought up clearing, can we talk a little bit about what that actually is? Because yes. yes. I think the audience that listens to Psychic on the Scene might understand that a little bit more, but the seven people that listen to this podcast <laughs> might not might not really know what that is. Okay. So what I do, I'm a, I'm a psychic medium and I'm also a ghost rescuer because I, I don't want to say ghost hunter because ghosts are people too. They're people without bodies. Kind of think of it as the opposite of a zombie because a zombie is a, a person without a soul. Although I do not believe in zombies. I believe in most things. Mm -hmm. but zombies, maybe just like your teenager who plays video games for too long and they're kind of like out of it. But, I, I get a kick out of the people that keep thinking, I'm preparing for the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. I no, don't. me neither. I mean, I try to stay open and, and not that I want to believe in everything, but at least open to the possibility of things. But zombies, nope, they get a, a big thumbs down. I don't believe it. I have a hard time believing, you know, a soulless, the undead are going to come wandering back. Like, in, I'm like, mm, no, I'm pretty open-minded as well, but you might want to prepare for the actual apocalypse or a World War Four, three. Yeah. From Not as, like the zombie thing, we're good. Like, I think we're safe from that. Easy. Yeah, I think we can move on, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, so we have these folks that when, when a body dies... Your, your spirit gets up and out of it, and it's supposed to go to the light. It, you know, I've heard different things from different spirits, and, you know, because I talk to folks on the other side, and also spirit guides and guardian angels. It's usually within a three-day window for them to cross over. Um, the tunnel will open up, and I do hospice Reiki, so it's energy healing, um, and I only do one at a time. It's, it's very... Um, uh, it's a special time helping a person cross over and it's very emotional. So it tends to knock the socks off me. So I do one at a time, but I literally tend to walk them part way if I'm with them when they pass. And I was with my dad when he passed and I was able to see and walk part way. And I tell you, it's really hard to come back. And okay. I, I love my life. I love my family, but boy, it was hard because it's just amazing over there. So that it, it does, it actually opens up. I'm showing you, no one else can see me, but whoop, it's a tunnel and it opens up and there's that light and you, you travel through it. So that's what, when your body dies and your spirit gets about it, it's supposed to go. It's a lot like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. That's really pretty accurate, except for those demons dragging people off to hell. I've never seen that. So that I think is the best movie depicting how things happen when you pass. So when you go to the light, you're supposed to go through there, uh, and then you're a person in spirit, you do life review, you see how well you handle the lessons that you wanted to learn, and you're not being punished. We choose our lifetimes, we choose our lessons. We're always trying to level up in comparison, kind of like to a video game. You're mm -hmm. trying to become evolved, spiritually evolved, um, enlightened in a sense. And we come back in multiple lives again and again, often with the same people. We have soul families, people that we've always been with and will continue to be with. We don't always all come back together. Sometimes we have folks up in spirit, soul family, who are spirit guides for us to help us to stay on track. That's why it's so important to try to connect your spirit guides and guardian angels. So, so that's a person in spirit. And then you can decide when you incarnate, with who you, you incarnate. But on the, other on the flip side of that, say that you don't go to the light. You're like, 
no, I'm not, because humans always have free will, whether they have a body or not, we have free will. So if you don't go to the light, then you're a ghost. Okay. Right? So you are still the person you were. You just don't have a body. You're not a person in spirit yet because you haven't gone through the passage, through the tunnel, and you know, you're not existing in the fifth dimension. You're stuck in the space between our dimension, which is the third dimension, and heaven, which is the fifth dimension. And that's the fourth dimension. You know, Christianity, you hear about like purgatory, but it's not a place where you're being punished and stuck. I, don't, I think, you know, I don't believe in hell. I think we punish ourselves and we create our own hells sometimes here on earth. But being stuck in that fourth dimension, that's where we're seeing these ghosts. And people like myself, we're sensitive. We see, feel, touch, smell, and energies and entities that are in that fourth dimension. And that's, with the clearing, I'll walk into a place and I can feel, it's almost like a disturbance in the force, you know, referring back to Star Wars. It feels different. It smells different. Sometimes I feel uh, emotions of the ghosts. So when I walk into a haunted house, I'm feeling them in more senses, you know, probably six or seven senses. I've never really thought to count, but, and that's when I use my pendulum and I douse, it's divining. It's the same thing as finding water, um, you know, with the apple sticks and the same thing with dousing rods or, you know, your great grandmother used to put a wedding band on a string and hold it over the woman's belly to see if it was a boy or girl when she was pregnant. That it's all dowsing. It's divining. It's not, you know, dabbling in, you know, witchcraft or I mean, not, I shouldn't say that because a lot of my friends are witches, but it's not a <laughs> negative thing to do. So I douse and I count how many ghosts there are. And sometimes I get a lot of information about who they are, how they died. Um, depends on how talkative they are. It depends on the situation. Um, and it also depends on time sometimes. I do a lot of remote clearings. And when I do the remote clearings, it's just as effective, but I just don't get the backstory on the ghosts gotcha. as much. But so I just ask, um, that I'm a conduit. I'm a facilitator. I'm not actually doing the clearing. I'm facilitating a clearing. So I am becoming, um, in shamanism, it's called like being a hollow bone. I'm creating, I'm reopening that, that passageway between heaven and earth and helping those souls to cross over. Gotcha. And a lot, of, I mean, they have to, I can't force them to go, but um, I don't, only a couple times have spirits, ghosts refuse to cross over. Oh. And that's their their choice. I'm not going to try to force it on them, but most of the time they got stuck from confusion, low level human emotions like anger, fear, grief, terror. Um, a lot of people who suffer from uh, dementia don't know to cross over. Right. So I'm always checking that. Um, I'll check the obituaries and make sure folks have crossed over. You know, we'll go by a nursing home and infamously I'll, I'll say to my husband, honey, do you see that older woman walking in like a muumuu there in the lawn. He goes, no, and I don't. So he knows to pull over <laughs> and all clear because I can't stand suffering. It's like, why do I do it? It's because, you know, I'm the same way. You know, I'll, I'll save any little animal. I'll see an older person that can't reach up in the supermarket. I have to help because I can't stand to see suffering and pain. So that's why I do what I do. Awesome. So that's the clearing. Yeah, there are negative energies too on the other, on the other side of things with clearing, but I don't like get rid of stuff. I help things to transmute. And that's, you know, St. Germain, Kuan Yin, Archangel Michael. Um, 
yeah, all these energies and entities that you connect with who are positive exist in all religions and all belief systems. So I call them by various names. But the negative energies get transmuted by the violet flame and then they can become positive energies. So, okay. and in doing this, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm not a big rules person. I have three rules, always choose light over dark. And if you move an energy, like a spirit or negative energy, fill that space with a positive energy or else, you know, you create a vacuum, something else could go in and you have no idea what that could be. So fill it with positive energy, whatever your belief system. And I don't even care if you just call the light side of the force to come in. You can tell I have voice. It's all about Star Wars. But, and then my third rule is do not play with the Ouija board unless you really know what you're doing and how to protect yourself because you will open up a passage between this dimension and the fourth and you'll have all sorts of things coming through. So that's what I do. And I clear people. Um, I clear uh, properties, buildings. I clear items. Uh, I, I love uh, antique shops and whatnot, but if you bring something home, you know, sometimes you bring home more than just the item that you bought. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially if the, if the item is older, see, I can understand that because the energy attached to it from where it's mm -hmm. coming from. So, and that's, I think for the people that don't, that aren't as fully into it, and I'm nowhere near into all of this as you guys are, You're I refer to myself, <laughs> I refer to myself as the Pete Vankman of the group. Yeah. Um, awesome. when we're, if, if we were the three original Ghostbusters, <laughs> like you and Katie are Ray and Egon oh. and I'm Pete. And oh my God, that's perfect. Because he was the comic relief of the group. He believed in what they were doing, but didn't take it. I don't think he took it as serious. Not that I don't take it seriously, but he was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Is this what okay. we're doing? Whatever you say, guys. Okay. This is what we'll do. So I, I take my, I you know, that. I kind of. But I'm starting more more so now, um, well, since we really started doing the podcast, yeah. um, really getting more into it and more interested and paying attention to what's being said. Uh, not a big reader. I know there's a lot of books on this stuff, mm -hmm. and that's not for me, um, only because I don't like to read. It's not, I don't absorb what I'm reading so okay. much, and I can't, like... I, I listen, I have to do research and like prep work for my radio show. Mm -hmm. And if I'm reading something and I'm going to say, I'm going to blog about it, or I'm going to share something on my personal blog about yeah. a story. I skim through the article that I'm supposed to be reading and <laughs> look for some important stuff to add into mine. I'm like, I, I just don't, I just do not like to read. I don't well, you know, know it's because your brain moves more quickly than your eyes are able to read. That's what I think. That's what I'm picking okay. up on. It's not because you're not a good reader or anything. It's just that it's the timing is different between your, you know, your brain is working faster than your eyes are willing to read. Okay. That so makes that sense. Makes any sense. So maybe listening, you know, I love, you know, books on tape of the library. Yep. Yeah, I love that. But and yeah, that's, you know. that, that's kind of how, you know, like all the stuff that I've learned from being around you guys is just by paying attention to what you're saying. And listening to what's said, I mean, you know, I've told you stories about um, sitting in the office and Morgan had an issue about something and I yeah. like looked at her and I kind of gave her the feeling that I got, which was weird because it was like, all of a sudden I just spewed out a bunch of words <laughs> that all made sense. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, okay. No, I, get I was like, God, I hope that made sense to you. She goes, no, it really did. And I was like, good, because I have no idea what I just said to you. See, and that's... That's interesting because 
when you say you had no idea what you just said to her, that says you just channeled information to her. Because sometimes people will come up to me and say, oh, do you remember when you said this to me? I'm like, no, I don't remember readings for multiple reasons. First of all, just the sheer volume of them. I, I can't remember that kind of stuff. Right. And the second reason is because it's personal. When I'm doing a reading for someone, it's kind of like opening their uh, their, their energetic diary together and going through it and, and clearing things out and talking about stuff. And then when the reading's done, you close it. And third, it's like, I don't share stuff about people. I don't talk about clients with other clients or, mm -hmm. you know, that's just, you know, that, that's just a breach of trust and it's just wrong. So it's what I don't remember. And that's what happens. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll do a reading. It's like, do you remember me? I'm like, oh God, no, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> but then they'll show me a picture and boom, the energy pattern comes back. Yep. So you basically just stopped thinking mm -hmm. and allowed the energy to flow through you. Thinking is the enemy. Of psychic readings and I've been, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> Thinking is the enemy. <laughs> Thinking when, is awful. <laughs> you know, so many of us overthink, but quite honestly, when people say, How do I work on expanding my psychic ability? I'm being a psychic, I'm getting information or sharing information, whatever you want to use it for. You can go out there and hang up your shingle if you want, um, or just use it in your daily life. Yep. But I always say use your imagination. When people say, Well, isn't imagination fake? I'm like, well, I mean, some, some of our thoughts and beliefs about ourselves and others are fake. Right. So imagination is a space where our conscious controlling mind is kind of out of the picture. It's kind of like our peripheral vision. That's why sometimes people will see ghosts out of the corners or spirits out of the corners of their eye mm -hmm. and they turn and look at it and say it disappeared. I'm like, no, it didn't disappear. It's still there. It's just, you're trying to see it with your logical third dimensional eyes. You were seeing it with your fourth, fifth spirit eyes. That's the, the, the side. So by using, you know, and growing up, like, Oh, I think I see a ghost. Oh, it's your imagination. Or I have a bad feeling about getting in the car. And oh, it's just your imagination. A lot of really good information that's coming through psychically or from whatever, you know, your higher self, that's kind of stored in that little basket of imagination that you were told isn't real. But why not delve into that? Right. Jump into your imagination. And I, I think I told you a story. Can I tell a quick story about a reading? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. The way I really, and every time I give a reading, I learn more about life, death, the universe, myself. Um, it's, I always stay open. And if I ever have a judgmental thought in my mind about some, someone, I get bitch slapped right away by spirit because it, <laughs> I, we, we're not allowed to do that. You know, even because, you know, I just give myself a break because I am human, but like, you know, oh, I don't believe in, you know, cheating, you know, you're either with someone or you're not. And then. I always will get a case, you know, or a client that comes through and I learn something about, you know, there's a lot of gray area. Things aren't as black and white as we'd like to think. So um, I, early on, because I've been doing this, gosh, for about 12 years now, I think, professionally. Um, and, you know, I always did readings for myself and family, but, you know, putting out my shingle, getting the business card about 12 years now. And I... um had this, this family come to my house back when I had people come to my house for readings before COVID and it was a mother and a father and a, a, a boy and he was probably like 14 or 15. They had lost their older son um, to a debilita debilitating disease. They knew he was going to pass eventually but they had lost him and they walked in and they were grief stricken and I'm like I've got to help these people. So they sit down and the first thing they said is we want to connect with our son. We want to know he's okay. And we know it'll be him if you can tell us what we buried him wearing. 
and talk about stress. And I understand, I would, you know, they needed to know he was okay. I'm a parent, I, can, I understand that, but holy crap. I was like, shit, I gotta help these people. So I, what did I do? I start thinking. I start oh. thinking, what's he wearing? What's he wearing? Well, I'm like, I can't do this. And so I just said a little prayer to my folks up in, in heaven and fifth dimension. I said, how can I do this? So they started giving me information, you know, about a, a blanket, a dog, a recliner, um, things he liked. He, he was really into superheroes. And we expanded upon that. And I got so much and I could see that they were happy and the, the hour was coming to an end. And they were very grateful. And I could see, you know, slightly disappointed that I couldn't say what he was buried in. As soon as I knew that they were happy and I had helped them and they had found peace, I relaxed completely. And boom, in my mind's eye, I saw him fly by in a Superman costume. And I said, why did he just fly by in a Superman costume? And they're like, well, that's what we buried him in. Oh, my God. Wow. And I, I still get chills from that. And they cried. I cried. And I don't normally cry during readings because I can, and I'm a crier. You know, you see those puppy commercials or commercial with an older person that needs help boom I'm a mess you know my, my kids and my husband like love to poke fun at me for that but I just am sensitive to that I cried I think three times I've cried in readings because it's been so emotional but the Reiki you know it's not my job my job is to be there um but holy holy cow that taught me a, a good lesson well most importantly they got peace they know he's okay and secondly I learned that you can't think because your your human mind cannot contain or convey or express what's really going on on the other on the other side of things. Gotcha. So that was a big lesson for me. It's got to be a, a a very rewarding thing for you for anyone that does what you do. Um, it is. It really when you, is. When you do a reading for someone like that, and you give that that family or that person some kind of comfort or peace of mind. Obviously, depending on what they're there for in the reading. Yeah. I mean, not everybody comes for a reading to connect with someone specific or right. something like that. Um, but, Cause I've been on the opposite side of that and thrown into a reading uh, on the spot once, yeah. Uh, yeah. which was, which was like, what the, what? Huh? What's happening here? Cause we, well, it was, and it was the first time I met Katie and we were doing the 518 paranormal project and it was with Northeast yes. and they're like, you know, well, would you do a reading? Now, I really, I had no part in the conversation, whatever. I was listening to everything. I was producing kind of like I did with Psychic on the Scene. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there listening, making sure everything is working. All of a sudden, they're like, well, would you read for D. Scott? And I'm like, what the, what? <laughs> What's happening? Like, I all of a sudden snapped back into the conversation. Like, oh, shit. Like, because I think there are, there are certain times, depending on what's being spoken about, I zone out and I'm like when right. we do our stuff like you and Katie and our guests will talk but I'm in here I'm in the studio so I'm like oh what song can I use at the end of it and I'm like right. You're doing I'm your listening thing. but I'm like searching shit yeah but then I hear my name and I'm like what <laughs> and so they they did an on-the-spot reading for me and uh I know as being the recipient of that and finding out that my both my grandfathers were with me mm. um which was it I and I talked about this with Katie and I talked about it with Corinne after we did the thing at the uh, Van Dyke as well, when Katie pointed out that her grandmother was with her. Yes. That was so cool. Which was like, Whoa, shit. Um, it's unsettling, isn't it? It, it can be. And actually I spoke to Jamie Roberts about it too. Cause I sat in for uh, Katie was doing press, like doing uh, some media stuff for a show that she had coming up. Yeah. And, I wanted to be in there for that. And, and Katie read for Jamie and it was like, and I, 
everyone I've spoken, those two people that I've spoken to plus myself, the feeling that you get when like, like when I was told my grandparents, my grandfathers were with me, it was the best way I can describe it is love coming through your body from within. Yes. It's very warm. It's very comfortable. Um, it's soothing. It is not nerve. Everyone's like, well, didn't you freak out? I was like, dude, I have never been more calm or felt more calm in my life. Like, except for maybe when I'm sleeping. Um, That's how you know it's real. It's not like in the movies where suddenly there's a terrifying apparition standing in front of you. Right. It, I, it was, it's and I have not felt that. Sen- it's not like this was something and I'm like, oh, and I feel like that around anyone else. Like it, you could just feel you could feel the amount of love coming through, coming from within, like the inside of your body got warm and I, and it was not my blood pressure. So, <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, and, like, yeah, so, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's it. And it's, it, and I've experienced that when I've done my, my walkovers with a hospice Reiki. Um, it, it's an immense amount of love that you can't even comprehend. Um, but, the closer you get to that source from which it's coming, the more immense it gets. And that's why I always say it's kind of, I, there's a spot where I have to turn around. I can't go right. past that because I am still attached to my body and I do want to come back, but Oh my goodness, it is intense. And what I always hear and Brian Weiss has a book by this title, only love is real. And it's the truth. And even Patrick Swayze says that in ghost, it's the love you take it with you. Right. And, and that I, is the only true essence in this universe. I know yeah, it sounds was, really blah, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain it. Cause like when I said it to Corinne, as we were walking away from where, and then she, you know, she was, she was pretty shaken up because she wasn't expecting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing with Jamie, um, because Jamie, Jamie was apprehensive about it only because she knew she would get emotional mm. and she was recording it for radio. Like yeah. it was going to be on her show. Mm. So, when I was talking with Corinne and I said, you know, I tried explaining to her the feeling that I had and the best feeling, the best way I can describe it. And it's a very easy thing and it's hard because you cannot describe what love feels like, but that's what love felt like. And it was, I was like, it is, it is the most comforting, loving feeling that you can get. And and I remember Corinne looking at me and going, yeah, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Like she, she looked at me like, like I nailed it. And I was like, I've been through it. Like I, I get yeah. that because I was a wonderful, wonderful description of it. I was very young when I lost my one grandfather, my, my mother's father. Yeah. Um, so I was like 12 years old, but I was, I was his little buddy. Like that's what he mm-hmm. called me all the time. And so to know, and that was the first time too, I had had experiences where like I had a dream about him. I think I told you and Katie about it yes. where I was like, I remember, I, I remember the dream. Like I was sitting on my front porch at my house and he was walking in front of me. And I stopped him and I just went, I love you. And he went, I know, and kept on going. And I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Was like, <laughs> was like, that's a man of his, of his times. <laughs> but, it, and it, he, it, and he knew, and that was, and it was kind of like, I, I, I understood, I understand it more now. Cause that happened to me when I was not a kid, but I was younger. Right. Um, and I understand it where he was just like, I know, like he wanted me to know because I didn't get to see him before he passed. He had his oh. cancer had spread to his brain. So he didn't want me to remember him that way. Yeah. So I didn't get to go. It was just, he was gone and I never got a chance to say goodbye or anything. So that was kind of tough. And then uh, when Katie did a reading for me, when I had her on this podcast, 
and my stepdad was with me. Um, that was pretty awesome too. Cause I had to, I had to convey what she told me to my kids because my kids called him the day before he passed away. Um, okay. Just to say goodbye, to tell him that he, you know, he couldn't talk. He was, you know, he was out of it. Basically he was, but he, heard them. he did. And that's what she said. She goes, he, he just wants me to want you to know that um, he heard everything. So I had to make sure that they were, they, I told them because they were like, well, he couldn't really, he can't speak. And I said, trust me, he heard you. And to get that affirmation was, was really good. So and my kids are, they're still having a hard time. Like I feel bad. My oldest texted us. We have a, like a little group chat going and Aww. she's like, guys, I woke up and my eyes were all puffy this morning. And I have no idea what she's talking. She talks to my, my other daughter all They talk all the time. Yeah. And so, I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> She's like, I was crying. I'm like, cool. Why? <laughs> and she told me, she's like, Grandpa Chuck. And I, and I was like, I get it. And I said, you know, I reassured them too. I was like, you guys just, I understand it's not easy. Yeah. Um, I said, please stay in touch with Bobchi, which is what they call my mother. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and if you guys ever need to just talk, call me, stop by. Cause my oldest drives. So I'm like, you can just stop by. Wow. I'm never going to turn you away. I'm always here to listen and chat with you guys. So is, is it the first big loss? Yes, it, yeah. it is. They, they've had family members pass and, or like with the dad from the dance studio Yeah. that passed away for more so my younger than my older who knew him better. Yeah. Um, you know, Maddie had a hard time with that, but it's still not, it wasn't their grandfather or yeah. a parent you know what i mean like a close and my close. and my aunt passed away which hit my my youngest i think who i is definitely has some kind of abilities yeah um, and, you know and once we help her to um utilize and expand upon that and and one of the best ways is there's so many good um meditations and yep. when people hear meditation they're like blah first of all meditation doesn't mean your mind is quiet but um I like um, John Edwards meditations mm -hmm. and I think you can get those like on like podcast form or, you know, there's so much that you can just get electronically now and you can just lay in your bed or your comfortable chair and it'll bring you back to connect with that person. And I always, and people say, well, how do I know if I can do this? I, I'm not a good meditator. I'm like, if you're saying that you're going to meditate, then you're meditating. So cut yourself a break. We all have crap go through our heads. We're meditating like grocery lists and, you know, things we're worried about. But most importantly, if you want to utilize this stuff and with your daughters connecting with, with your stepdad, um, let your imagination take over. What do you imagine he would say? But just lose that idea that imagination is fake. Imagination right. is just out of the realm of our controlled conscious thoughts. Because he and our loved ones, when their bodies are suffering, and this is really important to know, um, is when their bodies are suffering um, towards the end, towards death, their spirits get the hell out of there. Right. They know it's because the body is laboring. A lot of times, why do they have to suffer in death? They were a good person. This, uh, their bodies are laboring to release their spirit, just like mm -hmm. a woman's body labors to, to, to bring the baby forth. And so, and I have to say, I hear a lot of people say, oh, you're born alone, you die alone. And that's like the most untrue and irritating statement in the world. Because when you're being born, you're being handed through that tunnel, the birth canal, by all those people that love you in the fifth dimension here to the people that love you in the third dimension. Mm -hmm. And when you pass, hope, you know, you're either surrounded by loved ones or say that you don't want them around because you can't leave when they're there. 
you're surrounded by their love and you have all those people that love you on the other side leading you back through. So we're never alone. We're never truly alone. I think that's the, one of the most important things to know while we struggle through these physical lives. <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, like with my stepdad, I think he passed while, I think my mother was actually asleep. They love to sneak away sometimes, they do. Yeah, I think, and I think that's, you know, I kind of wanted to tell her because she was, it was, it was, first of all, it was really strange because it was like, over the weekend, he got to a point where he told my mother, I'm giving up, I'm throwing in the towel. It got, it was just that bad. Like he was, yeah, and so then sorry. within like two days, he was in hospice. And then within another day, he passed away. But I mean, he declined like that. It was very, very quick. He was, he was fighting and fighting and fighting. And then just literally told my mom, I'm throwing in the towel. I give up. He made his decision. So. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and my mom was with him at hospice. And I kept, I kept trying to tell her, I was like, you got to kind of walk around, like go for a walk, do this. Yeah. Like, because I'm like, he may not want you there. Exactly. He might need you to know? slip away when you're not looking. Right. So I think it was the middle of the, cause I woke up and I had a text on my phone, call me. And I was like, oh. Like I know, like I wasn't expecting yeah. her to go. It was a miracle. We made a full recovery last night. We're home. Yeah. Like I, you know, so it was, I, I was like, oh shit. So I called her and, you know, she let me know when and all that other stuff. And it was just kind of like, cause she was looking at, yeah, like, I think she had fallen asleep for a little bit, but then they told her to keep looking at his chest and he's, he wasn't. Yeah. And he had a DNR and all that stuff. So it was yeah. like, which at that point, I don't know why you would want to be resuscitated anyway. You're not coming back to anything worth anything. Nothing so. livable. Right. And, and, you know, he he's a pretty interesting person um, in spirit. And I, I talk about him in present tense because just his body's gone. Um, he's the sum total of who you know, Chuck and all the lifetimes he led before. And he's telling you, um, I can keep talking through other people. <laughs> or you can um, you can imagine, you can ask me a question and imagine what my answer would be. Have the girls do that too. Okay. But, but he wants you all to know that he's always with you. Okay. He always, and, and spirit is bigger than these bodies that we're in. You know, we always think that, okay, where is my loved one right now? Like they're walking around person-shaped spirit you know what I mean? like just just wandering yeah it's like oh they're just waiting sitting on a puffy cloud eating bonbons <laughs> waiting to get called so you know but, oh, spirit like you see sometimes ectoplasm um it's kind of like when you put cream i know it's a ghostbusters term but it really is a real thing but you slime? Pour, uh, not the sl i've never seen the slime although <laughs> i've heard there's slime but luckily i've never seen it but you know when you put cream in coffee or tea how it swirls around yes that's kind of what ectoplasm looks like and i've seen that and uh, my husband finally got to see ghosts and that's they were classic kind of creepy ghosts like that but um spirit energy is an energy so like with chuck where's he gonna be where's his heaven well his family of course right and family doesn't mean you necessarily share the same DNA. It means that you share love and you share life with the person. So he's alive without his body. Doesn't need that body. It became a hindrance. He couldn't move around in it anymore. So he is 
around your mother, around you, around the girls, around everyone he's lo he loved in this lifetime, like a fine mist. Think of it that way. But say you're having a difficult day, you're going to feel him more, think of him more, miss him more. It's because you need him and he's kind of uh, condensing or coalescing around you. And that's when you get um, sightings of loved ones in spirit. It's when, usually when you really need them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he pulls away from everyone else. Or people will say, oh, well, my sister saw my aunt when she passed, but I didn't. I'm like, well, she appeared for everyone. Your sister's spirit eyes were just opened. Right. So but he's always there. So all you need to do, and I make it sound so easy, but hey, my father's <laughs> in spirit. And I, sometimes it's like, can't you just materialize and just say it? Why do I have to be, you know, <laughs> irritated? But it's easier to talk to other people's spirits compared to mine. But um, say, you know, what do you think, Chuck? And he'll find a way to communicate, whether it's a feeling, an emotion, a song on the radio mm. is probably my favorite one. Because I usually listen to my, my playlist because I kind of have weird eclectic taste in music. But I'll just put on a radio station. Yep. Of course, it's your radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll ask for a song that I need to hear. And it might take a couple songs, but as soon as that song plays, I'll get that still point feeling, that intense love that you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. that, that glow from inside. And, and for musicians out there, if you've ever uh, seen, oh, you're a musician, a tuning fork, when people use a tuning fork and they strike it, yep. that hum, that's what it feels like too. Hmm. They will find messages. They'll send messages through license plates, uh, things and photographs. It's endless and uh, is open to all kinds of interpretations but you have to trust yourself and trust your loved ones okay don't just say oh it's pretend and if you are imagining it maybe imagination is the truth yeah. right no it could be i listen i played golf the other day by myself i went out and uh, i was supposed to play with my dad and he was actually he was i went out on tuesday we we have golfed every tuesday this summer nice and he didn't want to go. he was playing on wednesday so he was like i think i'm gonna just not go tonight and i was like well, I am. I'm going to go. Yeah. So I went and I walked, which I haven't walked since I was like, since I played like high school golf. I usually uh, ride. In the cart. <laughs> I, I usually ride just because it's, you know, I, I'm usually tired after, after golf anyway. So walking is not going to help. Right. But I'm like, you know what? It's cheaper. I'm just going to walk. And it, first of all, it was one of the most peaceful times that I can remember. Cause it was just, I played by myself. It was just me out there. Th not really thinking about what I was doing, which actually worked out pretty good because I played well. Um, mm. I, like I played the best I've played all this season. And, it's a meditative play. <laughs> but at the at the same time, I could kind of feel my because my grandfather played that course all the time that I played, and mm. I could feel I could almost feel him and Chuck with me. And I never got to I didn't play when my grandfather was alive. Like he he passed away when I was like eleven, so mm. I hadn't started playing golf yet. You know, it's not like now. Where people are like, I don't, you know, it, it's funny to try and explain golf to people the way I came about in it. And it was like, if they're younger, they don't get it. And I'm like, you guys don't get, I'm the same age as Tiger Woods. Like golf did not hit that surge. <laughs> no, he made, didn't. he made it really, really popular. And kids, kids are playing it now. Right. And when we were younger, there wasn't, you know, there was your Arnold Palmers and your Jack Nicholas and, and yeah. you know, Seve Ballesteros mm -hmm. and all those world famous golfers. Or legendary golfers, but nothing like Tiger Woods. Nothing that oh, made yeah. you really want to play. He cracked it open for everyone. Yeah, he he really did. And I'm like, well, you got to understand <laughs> it. That resurgence of golf came along while I'm the same age as him. <laughs> That's 
really funny to think of it that way. I thought you would be younger for some reason. I, he's, I, I'm, I'm 43. I'm pretty sure he's 43, 44 years old. Like, cool. or he's like maybe a year older. So like while I was going through it, he was just starting to, you know, like oh, cool. he was playing, but when he was getting all of his, you know, he was, he was refining his skills. And then when, when he went to Stanford and was in college, I didn't know who he was and the internet didn't exist. Right. So I'm like, how the hell would I have known about? And there was no reason for me to know about him because golf was not as popular as it is now. It was just, my kids call it the old person's game. I'm like, and that's what it was. You know, when people retired, they, they played golf or there were some leagues, but you know, back then it was football and baseball and that was right. it. That's, I grew up playing baseball. I touched on football briefly. I played basketball. Oh, basketball is the winter sport. <laughs> and, then, and then, but then my dad got me into golf. So, and it's unfortunate that I was not able to play with my grandfather. And it's at least, you know, consciously, because I'm sure he's there with me, but I'm not playing with him. And I, I like that. I really like that you're saying he's there with me because he is and a lot of times it's like oh I played my best game sometimes they just love the sense of being in a body again and with with it's someone that you love they can kind of play through you oh okay so well if they could like, do that more often <laughs> and you can do that and, and what you did because you described meditation to me right you know because people that is like a dirty word and meditation i've got to sit in full lotus position and for an hour and be absolutely still and quiet no i meditate when i'm doing dishes i get so much information like i tried was rushing around this morning i did some dishes my husband was watching the untouchables which i'm like don't turn good movies on in the morning when i have stuff to do because i want to stand there and i love that movie so and he had said something about stocks and retirement um i started dishes his mother who passed away a little over a month ago just downloaded to me. I'm like, like a cartoon breaking on my heels. And I had to run back and I said, your parents have a reading for you. And blah, you know, he should have recorded it because he's going to ask me later. I'm like, I don't know. I just blah. I barked right. it on you. <laughs> it's up for you to know because that's meditation. Do that again. That's a, I love to do things alone. Mm -hmm. I love being alone. I love, uh, you know, going for a walk with the dog. He's a good listener. Doesn't tell people what I'm saying, but <laughs> you know, things, things like that. It's good because when you're alone, you can go into that state where you don't have to like entertain those around you or connect. Golfing by yourself is a wonderful way, especially since the people you loved loved golf too. Well, I, I, I mean, if they if they felt the urge to play through me tomorrow and I play with the group that I play with on every other Sunday and haven't <laughs> really played all that well, I'd be okay with it. I mean, yeah, work on that. Say hey, guys. It you was. Know? Because it's it's funny because I played last night. I went out with my dad and we played nine. Actually, we mm -hmm. played like 14 or 15 holes because we just like, out at the town of Colony, they just stopped. Like they close at six o'clock. So everybody goes home. The they, workers, really? oh. they, they go home. Like the people that work the golf course oh, go okay. home. And you have some people that stick around. They have to bring the carts in and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But nobody's out there managing the course. Like no one's watching. No one's nothing. So we right. got done on one hole. And we went out on a different nine, played some more holes, went back and played. I thought so, I heard but, that bell ring last night at like seven o'clock. I'm right across the road. I can hear it. We can hear the bell. From the all right. Room. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that, with that. Yeah, that would be the, they have a bell on the. Which hole is that? Hold on. Uh, I want to say it's the sixth hole. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's the sixth hole on the blue course. They have the because it's a blind tee shot that goes down yeah. up and down a hill. 
So when you ring that bell, you're essentially out of range. Like you're moving on so they can hit because right, that right. bell is like just about the range where some of the long ball hitters will hit the ball. We'll clock you I mean, in the head. <laughs> uh, yeah, and golf balls don't feel good. So, but no, no in, but last night, and I was, my dad wanted to go out Friday, with me Friday because he was like, I wish I went Tuesday to see you play that well. And I'm like, I don't know as if I would have if other people were around. It was just me. There was nothing to get in my way. Yeah. Just me. Just you. And that's an important thing. It's okay just to be sometimes. And when you're alone, and that's why I've always kind of, I mean, I love people. I love being around friends and family and I love meeting new people, but I also love being alone. I don't know if that's an introverted, introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. I don't know which that is, but when I'm alone, I, I can just, you know, it's just things open up. Like one of my favorite things to do is in the winter, I'm a winter person, is to go into the woods when they're frozen. And behind us is uh, like um, the Vitor Elementary School and uh, the woods in between that playground, you know, the big field and the colony soccer field, mm -hmm. you know, the in the softball field, it's all streams. And in the winter it freezes. And if it freezes before it snows, you can ice skate all around in there. Oh. I don't know if you're supposed to, but I'm probably going to get in trouble, but, but oh my gosh. And it's just so peaceful. And I tell you, I've had some of the most profound experiences by myself with my dog in those woods. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never golfed by myself. I golfed one year with my dad, my brother, and my husband in their league over, um, it wasn't a colony, it was someplace up north, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved golf, but then I got pregnant with Dee Dee and, you know. I, my, when my husband retires, we're going to join a league. We've decided that because it's, it's a meditative, wonderful sport. You got the frogs chirping and you got, you know. It was, it, was, it was quite the experience. I had done it once before, a few mm -hmm. years ago after work. I went out just by myself and played. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually did it a couple times that year. But um, this time it was just with me walking too. Yeah. You know, you're just listening to everything that's going on. And on top of that, you can focus in on what you're doing. Yeah. Because, you know, you're focused on your next shot and what you want to kind of do and how you want to hit it and this, that, and the other thing. And it was like, whoa, like it was, a, it was, it, there, there was definitely a zone there. So when we played last night, I did not play that great. I played okay. <laughs> and my dad, and I was like, but, and then I'm playing tomorrow. And it was like, uh, I wanted to go in with a little bit more confidence into tomorrow. But I can play good, and like I, I people ask me because like you know they have the handicaps, and I'm like, oh, my handicap is I don't, I don't know. I've never kept it. I just I don't know how to. Yeah. I just play golf, and they're like, well, what do you usually shoot? I'm like, yeah, that's not a fair question either, because I could shoot an 80, or I could shoot a 110. Like it depends on know. the day. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm. I mean, I have for me personally, I have the confidence going into tomorrow that I'll play decent because my game has really come around i've played so much and then my step it was one of the things that my stepfather always said was like you got to play more so you can get better and at the time you know maddie was young she was like six yeah and you don't want to miss that time and i'm that. like i don't have the time to do it right now between work and then getting out of work and having you know i was still married and everything else and i'm like i don't really have the time to do it and chuck's like well, yeah. i play like five times a day or five times a week i'm like you're retired and you live seven minutes from the golf course that so you can just go play I'm like, and you no work responsibilities. there yeah. yeah I was like you work at the golf course I was like eventually I mean that's that's kind of like what I'm thinking about what I want to do as I get older is because my mother's always said you know when I go this house will be yours unless you want to 
and you can sell it and do whatever. And I'm that's just in Florida, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, not gonna sell it. I'm, like, I'm not <laughs> not gonna do that. And then she talks about wanting to come back up here, and I'm looking at her, and I'm going, if you do that, then I don't have that house, and I gotta do my own thing in Florida. I was like, mm-hmm. but I. I could see me doing that and living there. And then of course, working at the golf courses and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, why not? They get discount on their golf and it, it's all good people down there. It's, and you love it. You know, yeah. that's what you should do. Just remind me. But it's so it. hot. I'm like, you guys got air conditioning. Well, that's my point. I mean, for people that don't like the cold, stay there and use air conditioning. You know me, I, I despise, I am so happy with this weather and my, my son and husband are complaining. I'm like, just shut up because I suffered all summer. Um, and I don't mind the heat if I can be in water right. or air conditioning. But you know, you got to go for a walk and the bugs and whatnot. But me, I'm like, I want to retire to Maine or New Hampshire. Okay. Which that's, you know, and my husband's like, well, what? I said, well, you know, during you know after christmas or after new year's and until st patrick's day we can go on cruises or we can you know my parents always spent a couple months down in florida or arizona whatever i said but i need these mountains i need this ocean so that that, that's just me but it's important to know your happy place and if you want to go there that sounds it sounds perfection i had a lot of fun visiting my parents when they were down in florida they lived by a golf course you get to drive around in those golf carts and they had <laughs> card games every night oh my gosh it was so much fun i i definitely think that florida is my happy place i mean i've definitely oh. i've been there numerous times but then like i've also when my first marriage they were like big maine people we're going to maine they go to kenny bunk or uh mm-hmm. in, in and around there orchard beach yeah and i'm yeah. like we went there a couple times and I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, but we can, I was like, the, we went to the beach and I'm like, the water's fucking freezing. Yeah. It is kind of numbing. I'm like, this is not fun. I'm like, the water is cold. <laughs> the beach was not, you know, and, and beaches for me, like, and I also spent time in, uh, in the Hamptons because I have family that live in the Hamptons. Hamptons beautiful. Yeah. So when I was younger, I would go down and visit my aunt, my uncle, my cousin spend a week down there with them and uh we would go to the beach down there and it's the it's the same ocean it's the atlantic but it's a different beach like the waves are like actual waves and the beach is an actual beach and i get the main they're all rocks and i'm like this sucks i'm like i don't want to do this so and but and then but for me to go to florida i'm comfortable playing i I love playing golf love going to disney like this is this is where i want to be they're like yeah but it's really hot i'm like yeah i know and i get that but like everything, it's standard air conditioning. Here, yeah. it's like, you know, I have uh, two sons that are in the south. Um, Jack is in uh, just outside of D.C. and Adam's in Clemson, South Carolina. And they're both renting um, right now for school and work. And Adam's like, they're both telling me everything comes with central air. Mm-hmm. And an outside fireplace, a gas <laughs> fireplace. I'm like, well, geez, that's not so bad then. <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't wait to go visit. But um, yeah, because I just, you know, I don't do too good with the, with the heat. But, you know, it, it's all about finding your happiness. I think so many people live lives that they're expected to live rather than living the life they want to. And, and you, of course, need to make, you know, um, accommodations for the people that you love in your life. Right. But um, I, I, Katie and I were talking about this. and We might have talked about it on the, on the last podcast. We've been inundated with people that are stuck in relationships that are not working for them. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not one to say, okay, you're unhappy, divorce. I mean, I uh, had one divorce and I had two sons with my first marriage and I never wanted to have divorced kids, but thank God, thank every, thank the universe that I did not stay in that marriage because it was so, I was so unhappy. Right. And it was, I mean, we got married young, we eloped. I mean, we're just, you know, and too young, too stupid, um, too beautiful boy. So I have no regrets with that. Um, but time and time again, Katie and I have been coming across, especially the last month with people that are in relationships. It's like, oh, but I love them. Oh, but they're my soulmate, but they're my twin flame. And there are so many excuses that people stay in, in a bad, uh, abusive relationships. And I believe if you have made a commitment, you're, you know, at least give it a go. Give it your 100%. Do not leave until you, especially if there's kids involved, until you know. Right. But when you do know, there's no reason, especially, and then because you have kids, you have to set an example. They do what we do, not what we say. Right. I remember that when I was struggling, like, I don't want to, you know, share custody. It's like, well, what would you tell your kids if they're in this situation? I'd tell them, get the hell out. Right. And, And they said, well, then. A very good friend of mine, Chris, one of my best friends, he said, then what are you showing them? What are you teaching them with your actions? I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and, then, and, and then my life began to unfold. And I think that, um, you know, just open communication with, with the boys and their lives have expanded. And they have a stepdad who is, you know, means the world to them too. So I guess, you know, I don't know why I went off on this tangent. I've just had a lot of people that um, say, oh, but I love him, but I love her. And like, you know, trust plus respect equal love. If you're not getting that, it's love. It's something else. Right. It's not love. And yep. people get so caught up on that. And I think that brings about so much unhappiness. So I just wanted to bring that up. You know, folks, if you're not happy, you know, Try, work hard to fix it. Get a counselor, get a, you know, relationship coach. That tends to work better for some guys that don't like the idea or women that don't like the idea of a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Relationship coaches work great. It's a mediator. Um, But if it's broke, either fix it or or, or move ahead and and don't stay in something. Um, You can love someone and not be with them. Yeah. I I fully believe that. I, the relationship that I have with my uh, my second ex-wife, Maddie's mother, yeah, her and her wife and I get along swimmingly. I mean, we we really good co-parenting. We're friends. That's we can wonderful. all do things together. It it's never uncomfortable. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. Loving, loving your kids. And yeah, being you know, I I couldn't be more happy that my daughter's stepmom <laughs> is in her life. I'm like, I think you know, she treats Maddie fantastic. She loves oh, Maddie like wonderful. she's her own. So I'm like, what? What am I gonna come? What am I gonna be angry at? Why? Yeah. I've already gone through the difficult time that I went through with the divorce, right. but I'm over that. And right. now it's you know once we've moved past, the friendship is really really awesome. The other three of us, you know, and I kind of I wish that I had that with my first ex wife, but my mm-hmm. first ex wife is whatever and never yeah. mind. I hear um, you. I'm there with my my ex, but. Eh. Um, Which, that, that was a that was a selfish who hurt me thing so i'm gonna punish you by being a, doing whatever to you and it affected my relationship with my oldest daughter you know and yeah. i'm like you're not really affecting me 
Like I'm not hurting the child. I was like, I never was leaving her. I got to get away from you because <laughs> right. I was like, I don't, I don't know if you understand this or not, but like, I'm not built for prison and you're, I'm going to end up killing you and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so you made the wise choice. I walked yeah. away. I was like, mm, yeah. I don't want to murder anyone. That's, I hear that's bad. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, it should all be about the kids and, and you're never wanting to divorce your children. You're just right. wanting to give them the best life. And sometimes it's by not being together as parents. And it's just, and you know, with your, with Maddie's mom and her wife, just think about it. You have three people that love her to pieces rather than right. just two. I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I do. I do too. And listen, like, and it, it got worse with my first ex-wife, by the way, like her family started coming to my job and like saying stuff to me oh, and geez. the mistakes that I was making. And her brother shows up and was like, you know, you're, you're not going to be there for her. I'll be the one to walk her down the aisle. And I looked at him. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's happening? I'm like, first of all, she's one. Second of all, I'm not leaving her. I'm not giving up anything for her. You're oh like, God. no, right. I'm not giving up on her. I don't want to be with your sister. And I'm doing this for my daughter. So she knows what a normal, healthy relationship can look mm. like. Mm. Yeah. So how are they going to learn? Like, they, they do what we do, not what we say, unfortunately. <laughs> I tried telling her, I tried telling her that her, you know, that my ex, that her, her family was doing this. She's like, Meh. I'm like, you need to tell them to stop it or it's going to end poorly for them. Cause it's not going to be me, but I know a lot of people. So please tell them to stop coming around my work and anywhere else. Cause I, it got, it got ridiculous, but we've gotten better. I don't want to say we're great, but I mean, we're still, my daughter's 17 at this point like you know yeah. she's we're looking at colleges and i'm like what the fuck well, oh my gosh didn't that happen fast <laughs> oh man like holy shit and it was funny too because i'm like wow she turns 18 i don't have to pay child support anymore mm -hmm. like great no i gotta pay for fucking college that's more expensive <laughs> yes. yeah it's like oh boy like, oh, and, and the oldest wants to be a psychologist see that always happens she you know from her experience she can use what she experienced and there's a reason why she was born to the two of you guys and now she can use that to be amazing at what she does yeah well she better get some loans <laughs> or, or hey, some, hudson, hudson valley or, first is always wonderful i think she's looking at suny albany uh or SUNY yes. to, to stick around but then obviously she's going to have to go elsewhere as well because you need more than four years. You need your, your master's, definitely. And, uh, and, and my youngest wants to be a doctor, and we don't know what kind. I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to explain to Maddie to be a specialist, not to just be a doctor. Like, I'm like, um, you know, we know one of the guys from the old dance, the dance studio that Maddie started at that we're no longer with. Okay. Um, he's a doctor, but he's a sports oh. medicine doctor. It's actually my ex-girlfriend's brother. Oh, okay. He's, oh, cool. a sports, he's a sports medicine doctor mm -hmm. and he's very good at it. He, you know, and he's done well for himself. And I'm like, but he, and Maddie's like, well, doc, you know, she's like, she looks at him and I'm like, he's a specialist. I'm like, he's not, you know, he's not just a, not a GP general yeah, practitioner. You no, know, yeah. or we're not just some, I'm like, or if you really want to get into it, be a surgeon. Oh yeah. It's like, mm. I was like, okay, be a specialist. And I, just, want to I tried to push people? her towards, uh, uh, physical therapy, being a physical therapist. I was like, dude, first of all, you're, you still have most of the training. 
but you don't have to go to school for as long. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I, I, I pipe, I didn't this year because, you know, COVID, uh, for the graduation for uh, Russell Sage, every year they had their uh, doctoral students um, mm -hmm. in physical therapy, and I piped that graduation, and I love, I always end up in a little teary-eyed, I'm like, I don't even know these people, and the speaker's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love the whole group there. But yeah, does she definitely want to work on people or is she an animal person? Mm -mm. She wanted to be a vet when we started. Okay, because I feel an energy around her. Yeah, well, then mm -hmm. I explained to her that it's not just puppies and kittens. And sometimes you have to put, because I, I wanted to be a vet. And so I went to Cobble Skill for my first two years. Well, that's and what I said to her. I go, you do know that like, it's more than just doing checkups for the dogs mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure they're taking their heartworm pills. I was like, when they get sick or really old, you have to put them down. Yeah. And she was like, never mind. <laughs> oh. I'm like, yeah, we don't, we're not, we're legally not allowed to put people down. So, you know, not yet. <laughs> you know, like we don't get to, we don't Just euthanize people, you know, unless it's a, you know, if it's a, uh, a capital punishment, that's one thing. Right. But, you know, I was like, doctors don't get to legally euthanize humans. No, 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 no. And I was doctors like, not for nothing. If you're a specialist, you don't have to worry about that shit either. Right. Unless you're an oncologist or whatever. No. Like, oh, my gosh. You're know, like eyes, ears, and nose. Ent, like, I know a really good person to talk to if she's interested in that. But yeah, she'll be, your, your girls are going to succeed at whatever they put their minds to. I, I can so. feel that so strongly. They're both very strong young ladies. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and next year, your daughter and my son will be in the high school together. Yeah, Isn't even that better. I mean, it's like, crazy to think they're going to be there next year. It is. It is insane. It was. It was one thing to uh, for it to dawn on me that my oldest is a senior this year. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, my youngest will be a freshman next year. Oh my god. And that, but at the same time, now not that my child is a troublemaker. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I'm like, dude. I know the principal at the high school and I don't just know his name. I went to high school with the principal. <laughs> like, oh my God. Isn't that a weird thing? I do, I do a lot of, I do as much as I can with South Colony school districts um, for whatever I can, like whatever they need me for. If they mm -hmm. need me to MC something or just, you know, come and do whatever I do as much as I can for them. I've helped them with Raider Fest. I help with the pep rally which isn't happening this year because there's no football, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that. And he's the guy that reaches out to me and goes, hey, we're doing this. You want to help? And I do as much as I can. And it's not like I, I look back at my high school experience, my school experience in South <laughs> Colony, and I was never like I wasn't I wasn't the best student. I didn't have the greatest experience in the school, but I have a lot of pride in still being part of the community. I'm and, the same way. I, I went there and I feel exactly the same way. I couldn't wait and, to get in the school. Day. I in the school. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't I didn't it, it wasn't their fault that I sucked at it. Like it was <laughs> like that was my fault. I and I had a great time in high school. Just mm -hmm. I didn't like the classes and the learning shit got in the way. But, <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm trying to socialize here. Yeah. It was like I you guys keep interrupting me trying to hang out with my friends <laughs> by making oh me go God. to school or class. But you know, I and I have some great friendships from that. I've reconnected with some of the people. Yeah that I went to high school with my buddy, Matt, who I talk to like daily now, um, who's down in Florida with his family and he's doing very well for himself. So it's, it's great, but I try to help them out. But I, I did tell Matt, I was like, 
I know the principle, so you got to be careful. Please behave. See, my I'm also, I've also told her when she gets too much. <laughs> I told her, I was like, when you get to the high school, because I think they have eye care in they the do. middle schools or element, like the middle schools too. They do, yeah. I, I told her when she gets to the high school, because my buddy actually heads up the eye care program. He's, I think he, Tommy, Mr. Kachadurian put it all together for South Colony. Oh, cool. And I'm like, I want you to get involved in that. I was in, I was like, I understand that there are other things that you can be doing. And I was like, but you need some clubs. Colleges are going to look at that shit too. Oh yeah. You got to build your and resume it, as crazy as it sounds. Yep. And the eye care program, I think is great. It gives back to the community. It does all kinds of good stuff for South Colony. It really does. It does amazing things. We, we've done stuff with eye care. Um, you know, We've done a lot with the, the drama club. Mm-hmm. I, I just found out the other day I can't do school pictures this year, and I'm so bummed because they're not having parent volunteers in, which I understand. But it's one of my favorite things to help out with because I'm a little OCD. It's got to be fully organized. <laughs> and plus, it's cool because there's a beginning, middle, and end. I can make sure it goes smoothly. And the people, we're at Lysha Kill. Um, right. Everything just, it's just so satisfying to, to make something work as perfectly as possible and I love all the different grades and how they respond to pictures and the awkwardness and the silliness and I'm gonna really miss that not being involved <laughs> I mean I, I have no regrets with I've been you know room parent um worked through everything with especially the youngest but with the older two as well and I would I would always be I always bagpipe for St. Patrick's Day I walk around the halls um, oh nice my bagpipes and they do a little parade so nice. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun to be involved in the things your kids are involved in and to give back to the community and for anyone that's been listening to this podcast because michelle is a psychic medium oh, yeah. <laughs> psychic her. mediums are people too that's yes, why we, we are want to i didn't want to just talk strictly about like your gift and and all the stuff that you experience because I, I think and I, I not to get away from the other stuff but i do want to kind of wrap it up here in a minute absolutely um, is I think the people that are on the fence about whether they believe, whether they don't, psychics are not weird people. Like, stop believing the shit that you see on TV or mm-hmm. in the movies. Like, they're not gypsies. They're not looking into a crystal ball. No. Some of you might be gypsies. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> the people, the ones that I've experienced. <laughs> We're just regular people. Yeah. There is no, it's not, it's not a weird, like, I feel like some people might look at it if you've ever seen Thinner, the Stephen King. No. Where he gets involved, where like he eats a piece. It's a book that I haven't read, so I've seen the movie. (laughs) I'll watch the movie too. He eats a piece that he gets involved with gypsies and they put a curse on him. Oh. And he ends up getting thinner and thinner and thinner and like basically just wilting away to nothing and finds them anyway without Mm -hmm. divulging everything. But it's the, I think there's that stigma of, you know, fortune tellers or um, few people that see into the future. Like not everybody, it's not, there are a bunch of I don't understand how you're still believing that shit. It's 2020. Like it's, <laughs> it's not the sixties anymore where everything is like so faux pas that everyone's like, Oh, ah, the evil woman. <laughs> hey, come and, on. And the funny thing is it's not like we even had a choice, you know? Right. But to quote Lady Gaga, we were born this way. Okay. You know, it's just, it's the way it is. I, you know, growing, quite honestly, growing up, it felt like a curse because I was freaking terrified to go to sleep at night because I didn't know what 
horrid, bloody figure was going to appear <laughs> at the foot of my bed that night. I wouldn't want to go to sleep either if I kept seeing that. You know, like, and, you know, I'd have my dog in there, the cats. I'd sleep with, you know, whatever, you know, with my sister, my mother, whatever I could do. With my, I love my, I love my dad, but when he was working nights, I got to sleep with mommy, so I felt a little bit safer. Um, and that's why I never, you know, sometimes the boys, and they'll be embarrassed me by saying this, they'd come in and sleep with us. I never had an issue with that. Right. You know, I remember my, I think it was my middle son. Well, you don't have to sleep alone. Why should I? I'm like, oh, well, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, and we just, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming more mainstream, more acceptable. And like you said, we're people too. Ghosts are people too, but so are psychics. Yeah. It, we're just and out I there. Think, I think uh, uh, from like, what ends up happening is you, when you're younger, it's one thing. But I think as people get a little bit older, um, they start, I don't necessarily know if they start believing more or what the case may be, but I think what ends up happening is they start dealing with loved ones passing on. Yes. And now they start, and, and you start questioning your own mortality. And then on top of that, you start missing these people that have passed on and we have a way to connect with them. And I think that's yeah. why, you know, as you get a little bit older, people start believing more in psychics. Because you and experience they go, that loss and that, that longing and, and, right. and missing people. Yep. So I think, although now too, like you said, though, it's become a little bit more mainstream, but, you know, and as bad as Hollywood slash television can be for certain things, it also helps bring things to the forefront. Right. Um, you, you know, just so through the muck and, and find yeah. the things that the truths and within. You just got to, you, you have to sift out all the shit before you get to the actual, like the meat of what's going on and, and what's exactly. And Miss Chloe didn't help like that. No. Lady. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell was that? The psychic line or whatever. And all the people were like, she, and then she was discovered as a fraud. I'm like, but that's how it is. Like the, the, the bad ones always ruin it for everybody else. In every profession. Yep. You know, and no matter what it is, you know, one you get one bad apple and it, you know, suddenly everyone, the whole crate's bad, supposedly. Yep. But, you know, I think with every type of person, every job description, every group you're in, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, you're going to have the doers, you're going to have the people that don't do, you're going to have the assholes, you're going to have the bad people, the good people. It's just, it's the potpourri of life. Yeah. It's the seasoning. And it's, yep. You know, if everyone, if it was, if it was like heaven where everyone's, you know, living their truth and living love, it'd be kind of boring to be in a body. It works when you're in spirit, but in a body, you know, it's supposed to right. be at least interesting. So, yeah, so <laughs> the spice of life. Yep. So now, if anyone wants to get in touch with you for anything, uh, whether okay. it be a reading or clearing work or or whatever they would, how do they, how do how do they do that? I mean, I, I know how to do that, but I know you personally, so that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, on Facebook, I am Michelle Lyons Polito, and that's Michelle with one L. And you can find me um, uh, through Dennis's podcast. I, I probably have a link on there. I would assume for my Facebook. So, yeah, I would. I would think so. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing too. I mean, if you're listening, Psychic on the Scene is the podcast that we're all yes. involved in. It's Michelle, uh, myself, who plays the background noise, and then <laughs> um, and I just interject in wise ass comments now and then. <laughs> And Katie, or, oh, Katie Lyons, Katie Jesus Christ, Katie Manning. <laughs> She's my sister. <laughs> Katie Lyons, you know, these guys are just one I person. have a cousin named Katie who's kind of psychic, so maybe that's what you were picking up on. You're psychic yourself. <laughs> so, um, but Katie, Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons, Polito, we all do the podcast. Psychic on the Scene, you can find it 
pretty yeah. much wherever you get your podcast. We have done 28 episodes, I, I think. I think that's, yeah, 28. <laughs> I can't believe it. And but I mean, also, there is. I should, I should give my email too, because um, it's, uh, and that's, I think on the podcast Facebook page, it's mlyons.pm, like psychic medium, at gmail.com. So, and that's, you can reach me through Facebook Messenger, through my email, and just reach out. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. The podcast is just amazing. You know, Katie always says, thank you so much for saying yes. And for me, it was a no-brainer to get involved. Mm -hmm. And, And I, you know, I didn't even think about it when she asked. I just said yes, like immediately. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness, because we're like, she and I are like, maybe we should do this, you know, because you had said after the 518 Paranormal uh, podcast that we did, you're like, well, this is Radio Gold. Right. And that was years ago. And then Katie and I were brainstorming about something. And then we're like, well, holy crap, let's do it again. And Katie's like, I know that guy. I'm like, good, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> terrible names. Well, and she reached out. And, you know, I, I think certain things are just meant to be. I, and I think that's what it was. And for me, it was a, uh, it was a real quick, yes, absolutely. Let's do that. And I think it was, you know, subconsciously not realizing how much I would learn from all of this. Um, no, we learned from you as well. So don't, you know, well, put yourself down. So, well, thank you. I don't know what I could possibly be teaching you guys, but <laughs> awesome. Um, All sorts of things. So, <laughs> so I mean, for, and for me, you know, it's been, and I didn't expect it to be, what it is, but it's been extremely educational and I'm, I'm extremely happy that I said yes to it. Um, and I thank you for coming on this. Well, I thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I listen, it might have just been an hour and a half conversation that you and I know about, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I I look at the numbers for the psychic on the scene podcast and at mine and I'm like, what's going on here? I don't understand. Oh my god! I got eight downloads, nine plays. I look at ours and like hundreds of downloads and plays. I was like, <laughs> whatever. As long as I'm involved in one that's successful. Oh gosh, you you started yours after we started the other one. So I, but this for me personally, this is more for peace of mind stuff. I get stuff off my chest. I get to talk to people that I want to talk to, yeah. um, and just find out about them. Whether it's people I really really know, and like I know you, but we've never sat and really had a conversation about you and your gift. No, you, you know, it's have. so in, in getting to know Katie a little bit better and, and just being able to pick the minds of the people that I have on here. I've met uh, a rapper out of the Boston area who has Tourette's, who's doing very well for himself. Oh, that kid's uh, amazing. Friends, just friends in general, like talking to my buddy, Matt, which was amazing for me. It was like two hours that him and I chatted um, and catching up. Like we hadn't seen each other since high school and a brief interaction at his father's wake. And that was it. And then, you know, and so I had my buddy Derek on this podcast, who was a great friend of mine, but also now works in Hollywood and works for the Donner company out there mm-hmm. and produ- does production work on all of the X-Men films and wow. does all this That's stuff. So and cool. yeah, I'm like, this is, so it's like just catching up and talking, being able to talk shop with people, but then also sharing stories that we've shared, you know, that we have together. And building on friendships. I yeah. don't think, because it's and so I, hard to see people now. I mean, I think And I like being able to hear the cool stories that my buddy Derek can tell us, you know, stuff about Bruce Willis or what, like the, the kid that played Chunk in The Goonies. Yes. Is an entertainment lawyer. My buddy Derek knows him. It's his lawyer. No way. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, but this guy, Michael Cohen, I think is his name. Mike. Yes. And yeah. he was at my buddy's wedding. Like it was. You're kidding me. No, I'm we like, just dude, watched Goonies. We just watched that movie. I got to get my that. kids to watch it. I'm trying really hard, but you know, they're kind of, my youngest is funny. Cause she's like, mm. I'm like, I'm telling you, we need to watch Ghostbusters too. Cause it's fucking hilarious. We have a list and what we do is because he wants us to watch these certain things, but we alternate and we just, um, we taped Untouchables and um, Cinderella Man. That's one of my favorite movies. I have not seen it. That's with um, uh, Russell Crowe. Yes, the gladiator. Okay. He, he played he Maximus. Plays. Maximus. Um, uh, John J. Braddock is who he plays and it's, it's based on a true story. And yeah. I love that movie. It's just one of my favorites. So check that if you haven't. It's just I don't know, one of those wonderful, uplifting movies. I just got done binge watching Cobra Kai. On oh my God, so did we. Isn't it amazing? You love it? Yeah, did you love it? I loved it. Oh I my gosh. Just, it, is, it is hilarious, first yes. of all. They yeah, did. especially with the internet stuff. Oh my God. And put one of those hash browns on it. <laughs> like hash brown Cobra Kai. And send it to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, it, made, it made me crave beer and we've been doing keto for about three weeks now so you know i'm watching watching them drink those beers or those banquets i'm like oh my god i really want one but I, oh geez you know they they have finished the third season they taped it already but they're just kind of holding on to it which is so annoying oh okay good yeah well it is but i don't blame them like there's and it's weird because it came out and they put it when they put it out on youtube red mm-hmm. it, I, it got great reviews but not a lot of people have youtube red and they struck that deal with Netflix and the amount of people that have Netflix or now have Netflix because of that show. Yes. And if you are, you know, my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older and remember the original Karate Kid, Love Karate that Kid movie. 2, we're going to stop at Karate Kid 2 because Karate Kid 3 kind of sucked. Yeah, just don't was, go there. <laughs> and then there was the other Karate Kid that was the girl that was not as good, but it was still Miyagi. And then they mm-hmm. remade it with uh, Jaden Smith and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's right. They did. But the first two. Are the best. Are, are definitely the best. And they have done it immense justice. Although they yeah. do reference, in Cobra Kai, they do reference Karate Kid 3 when Daniel says he was a Cobra Kai. Like, because he did, yes. like, he went with Terry Silver and did all that. But they pay homage or homage to the original. Um, but yet moving forward and it's it i i fucking love it i and, i can the way they were it. yeah and the way they brought other people back the way yes. they expanded on it it's almost like like it was a rosebud before and now it's just bloomed into this massive yep. flower um so, i have it. a feeling <laughs> yeah. i have a feeling season three we're gonna see Allie, the original girlfriend that oh, caused I the issues so. um and my prediction is at because after without spoilers after the end of season two, my prediction is Johnny and Daniel are going to work together. Yes. Yes. They're going to collaborate together and make, because of what happened. Mm -hmm. um, And they're going to have a combination of the two different styles of karate. Right. And make their own thing. Because, because Johnny has come full circle and he's definitely not the, the, the complete dick that he was, even though, (laughs) He might not have been. Daniel might have been the dick. I'm just saying. Right. You know, um, just, just like Barney Stinson. I don't know if you remember that. If you watch How I Met Your Mother. Mm-mm. The guy that played. Uh, uh, what is the guy's name? Um, 
the blonde guy. I can't even think of his name. I don't know. Karate Kid. Well, oh, he's jo- just, uh, j- the blonde guy is Johnny. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. Whatever that the actor's name is, who I can't think of right now. William Zabka. He, yeah, William Zabka. In How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson, who was so hilarious, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, says that he's the real hero. And they actually have him on that series, That's which is the, one of my favorite series. That has been an internet thing forever. Um, which is really where they came up. I think that's how they got the idea to rem- like to come up with this Cobra Kai is they said that Dan- like there was a there was a full community on the internet that believed that Daniel LaRusso was, the was actually the bad guy in all of this. And it's just the story is told through his eyes as opposed to through Johnny's. So and I, I love think how they expanded on Johnny and why he was the way he was and yes. what a difficult life he had. And it makes yep. you just and it, isn't it a bit of an emotional roller coaster, Cobra Kai? Because you just start feeling more for one side, and then they pull you to the other side, and it's just, <laughs> oh my god! Everything they have done has been—I I think personally—they uh, they have done has been spectacular. But I am expecting Stellar. a uh, a Miyagi Do Cobra Kai hybrid um, well. dojo well. to be formed by that, because neither of them are really what they're trying to be. Daniel is not Miyagi. And Johnny is not really Cobra Kai like Sensei creases. Yeah, that jerk. Yeah. So <laughs> I that's what I predict. I could be wrong. I could I who knows. And I wanna find out what they do with the kid that uh, at the end that got yeah, I wanna find out yeah. what happens with the kid. Yes, yes. So. Both kids. The other one, you know, where is he? So. Right. Yeah. So all right, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you, D. Scott. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful hanging out with you this morning. Oh, I believe there are angels among us Sent down to us from somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours To show us how to live Teach us how to give To guide us with the light of love